everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Friday, the 25th of March. And as you guys can see, I'm really blessed and excited today. I have a dear friend in the studio with me, which is a <laughs> rare treat. Pastor Rob McCoy is joining me here. He's in town for the Freedom Tour, and we've been uh, burning it up. Yeah, We've been burning it up here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, just supporting my run for Congress and also bringing some hope and some freedom to the people here in Washington State. Today, we're going to tackle a lot of different issues related to freedom. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. <laughs> Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks, Heidi. How'd you wind up in Vancouver? Well, you invited me to come yeah. to the Freedom Deal, and more importantly, I, I, I'm busier than a one-arm wallpaper hanger, but I came for <laughs> one simple reason. I am supporting your run for the Congress, and I... You're my favorite candidate across the country, and I'm a, I'm out of California. Are you kidding me yeah. right now? No, I'm not. And I didn't I I didn't charge you a dime. No, <laughs> I didn't ask you to reimburse my travel expenses. Nothing. That's I'm true. here because you are the finest candidate in America, and that's it. I'm I'm I, last night I told you I I'm donating fifteen hundred bucks to your campaign. Yeah, and I and I'm busy as I said as a one arm wallpaper hanger, and I'm also a minister with five kids. I'm 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 so poor I can't pay attention. But <laughs> yeah, because 15... you're constantly getting cashectomies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the definition of a father is a man who carries pictures of his children in his where wallet, money where his money to used to be. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say who came up with that originally because bad dude, Bill Cosby. Anyways, <laughs> um, but I I I just I'm so excited about your candidacy. And uh, you're going to be a great asset to the state of Washington and to the country itself. Thank you're you. you're amazing. Thank you. Well, I've, I've followed you for years. Had the chance to meet you at the Council on National Policy, you right. and Jay, and I and and I felt like we'd been best friends forever. Yeah, uh, Jay, I mean, I just both you guys are precious. So thank you. Yeah. Well, feelings mutual. It's been just a joy to have you here because every time we're with you, just encourage us and uh, uh, kind of put everybody's feet back and say, "Hey, keep going, keep going, keep going." Yeah. Yeah. You know that that people rough you up and take you off the field, and you yeah. kind of patch people and throw them back into the throw them back into the into the game. Well, you know, it's. It, it's a um, it's a battle worth engaging in, mm-hmm. and Jay Vernon McGee used to say, "I get tired in the work, but not of the work." Mm-hmm. And you can't grow weary in well doing. And how how valuable, so celestial an article is freedom. Mm-hmm. And I think in America we've lost the understanding of the value of that. Mm-hmm. That we would be more concerned with our temporary supposed safety, yeah. that we would surrender our freedoms for this safety, mm-hmm. and we end up getting neither. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yet, to awaken America, and you have been doing this nonstop. You and Jay have been doing this nonstop since I've known you. And, you know, first, and I laugh at it because that term conspiracy theory was invented by the CIA yep. to yep. throw people off course. Mm-hmm. But I, I love the adage that truth is is uh, ridiculed, mm-hmm. and then it's violently opposed, and then it's considered self-evident. And we're... We're transitioning from ridicule, ridicule to, violently, to violently opposed, opposed. and and yeah. that's what we're facing. Yeah. I mean, I I was put before the judge on contempt charges as a minister, mm-hmm. believing that the First Amendment is what the First Amendment says it is, mm-hmm. um, and that the governor would consider the church non-essential right. in California. We call him Governor Mussolini, mm-hmm. but he would say that abortion clinics were essential mm-hmm. during the. The, yeah, the, the pot virus. shops were open. Pot shops, alcohol. Uh, pot, yeah, pot, uh, pot shops mm-hmm. and and uh, you know liquor stores. Mm-hmm. 
And here's the fascinating thing. I shouldn't say fascinating, tragic thing Mm -hmm. is that in California, we lead the nation in abortion. Mm -hmm. We don't just abort the children. We don't just tear apart their little bodies in the womb of their mother and flush the parts into the sewer systems of the state. We harvest their organs while they're still living and then flush them. That's essential according to Governor Mussolini, Mm -hmm. but the church isn't. Right, and and he decided to say the church wasn't essential during our Holy Week, mm-hmm. starting with Palm Sunday, to Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know where he, he comes up with this, you know, fiat of, yeah. you know, executive mandate. Right. right, he just doesn't have that right. He's bound by the seven articles of the U.S. Constitution and the twenty-seven amendments, and they can violate it. But liberty is like muscles; if you don't exercise it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. So um, when I see somebody contending in a state similar to my own with Governor Isley and you and Jay are standing firm, I'll move heaven and earth to come up and support you. And and like I said to the folks last night, and great attendance, by the way, I was really impressed by those folks. But, you know, I I joked with them. I said, the good news is your campaign has all the money it needs. Yeah. The bad news is it's still in your pockets. (laughs) (laughs) They all got a kick out of that. Yeah. Well, and I think you move people because they can see that you also put your money where your mouth is. You guys have contributed to the campaign. Campaigns are expensive. Uh, I want to touch on something that that you uh, that you started to talk about, which was the response of the church to COVID-19, to this Mm -hmm. pandemic that really has done more damage for this. It's going to take us generations to recover from what we've lived through the last two and a half years. But I was actually at your church the weekend of the lockdowns. I had come down there to do my women's conference, Faith That Speaks. We had a sold out uh, audience. And over half of them didn't show up because the news, you know, and it was terrifying, right? Yeah. So we've never seen this before. I mean, I'm expecting we did, yeah, we didn't know the bodies severity. in the street. Right, we, right. we didn't know what we were dealing with. And I just started to see people putting masks on in airports, which I thought was odd. And landed in LAX, and I saw a few more people than normal, you know, wearing a mask in the airport. And I remember th- on the way home from Los Angeles, that number had jumped yeah. exponentially. And started that was crazy. the beginning of the fear that really just the, settled the over the nation. national psychosis. Yes, yeah. For a yeah. virus that has a 99.7% survival amazing. rate. Yeah. yeah, amazing. And I'm wondering, you know, you're a pastor, and you've last done— Last time I checked, yeah. Yeah, it, last time I checked. And and you've done something that most pastors won't do, which is, is to engage in the political sphere. Mm-hmm. And we've heard—I mean, I grew up here in separation of church and state. You know, we don't—politics and religion don't mix. Actually, that's a lie. The opposite is true. But I'm interested in your perspective in particular in where we go from here as a church because we learned a lot in the last two and a half years. And I would tell you, I mean, Jay and I have wept over this for our own area. Most of the churches here closed and did not open for months. Some yeah. of them just recently opened. So these churches, these are churches that have gone either online or closed down completely for over a year. What's that tell you about uh, the church and our understanding of the country that we live in? And our understanding of God's command uh, as uh, you know to the church. Yeah, do not forsake fellowshipping with the saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, it goes back to Everson versus the Board of Education, nineteen forty-seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sixteen most tortured words in the Constitution, or I would say the Bill of Rights: Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. For one hundred and fifty years, mm-hmm. it went. Unopposed. Unopposed. Yeah. Holding church services in the Supreme Court building, Marine Corps band worship, playing hymns, yeah, the worship. worship songs. The Congress printed a Bible. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, come on. Right. But all of a sudden, uh, Hugo Black, Chief Justice, and wrote the majority opinion. It was a five to four decision, Everson versus the Board of Education. It was an atheist who was upset that 
parents who would send their kids to Catholic school were being subsidized for the bus fare because their tax dollars were, you know, paying for the public schools, but their children were going to private school. Mm-hmm. And so he contended with it. And so uh, Hugo Black, who had been appointed by FDR because he had supported the New Deal. Uh, so this is a liberal justice. Not just a liberal justice, a terrible attorney and, yeah. a, and made a terrible justice. His rulings were pathetic. Mm-hmm. He put over 100,000 Japanese in internment camps. And when he was still uh, um, a lawyer in the South, he had, he had won a case that was just tragic. You can read about it. But he ended up professing membership to the KKK in front, in front of about 25,000 KKK members. Hugo Black, he's just terrible. And he writes this decision, you know, uh, just absolutely reversing the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. And now it became the separation clause. Yep. And so we no longer have freedom of religion. We have freedom from religion. Mm-hmm. Well, as John Adams said, only a moral people can govern a republic. Mm-hmm. And so from the moral law, the Decalogue, comes civil law. Mm-hmm. And, and inalienable rights come from God. You separate man from his creator. That's the fascinating thing about the First Amendment. Our founders created the most powerful of the three branches, which was a legislative branch because it controlled the purse strings. Mm-hmm. And you think about how eloquent the Declaration of Independence is. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary. I mean, it's just so poetic. Mm-hmm. Even the preamble of our Constitution, we the people in order to form a more perfect union. But then you have this almost angry prohibitive clause that speaks to the most powerful branch of government as the founders had just designed it and had established it, they then write the First Amendment and tell them, don't you dare. Mm -hmm. Don't you. It's prohibitive and almost angry. You shall make no law. Mm -hmm. It's not poetic. It's it's just it's completely prohibitive. You shall make no law respecting Mm -hmm. an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. You don't touch that first time in human history that a legislative body is is held to you cannot come between a man's conscience and his god mm-hmm. period mm-hmm. because that stops the state from being god which mm-hmm. is you know this idea of hegel and uh, you know they the the state is the supreme well and god. in lieu of worshiping god in the nation now we're worshiping government and this is what we get yeah yeah and and the way that they get power around themselves is they create they they create fear. I, I love – a lot of folks may or may not understand the World Economic Forum with mm-hmm. Klaus Schwab. Yeah. It's kind and of a George Soros thing, the Great and Reset. The, yeah. And, and you know, people people can go all day and, and dismiss it uh, and put your head in the sand. But you just go to their website and you can see their eight points of what they desire to do. Just listen to Klaus Schwab. Listen to his medical mm-hmm. person. The guy wants to Is do this trans – guy wants you to own trans, nothing? No, that, well, yeah, that's – I'll, yeah. I'll cover the points. But transhumanism, Yeah. you listen to the, the, the things that they talk about. It's tragic. Mm-hmm. But Klaus Schwab said, the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. Mm-hmm. That's Klaus Schwab. Mm-hmm. And, and – Governor Newsom from our state trained at the World Economic Forum as one of the up-and-coming political leaders. So did um, Trudeau in Canada, mm-hmm, yeah. Macron in France. Mm-hmm. And these are the ones that are, are clamping down and All using this virus mm-hmm. to, you, to implement tyranny. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, violating almost all 27 mm-hmm. of, of, of the amendments and not recognizing inalienable rights, not given by man, but given by God. Mm-hmm. So your question, and I've, I've been, you know, wandering, but your question was the church. Mm-hmm. When our founders gave us the seven articles of the Constitution and dis- 
declared who the sovereign of the nation was, we the people. Mm -hmm. And so for all my pastor friends out there that, you know, you want to invoke Romans 13 on me, which was, by the way, the most quoted verse in Nazi Germany, good luck with that because Jonathan Mayhew, who was a preacher on the eastern seaboard, died in 1766, but John Adams said he was responsible for the War of Independence. He did an expository teaching on Romans 13, and if you read it in its context, fellas, uh, it says that God appoints all positions of authority were to submit to that, but it also says that they're there for our good. So it's not unlimited submission to tyranny. And, and what he said, he coined this term, he says, disobedience to tyrants is obedience to God. These inalienable rights are given to us by God, and, and it's the church's responsibility to stand upon. You'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. So we must be the clarion call of freedom because that's what Christ has come to do. The longest-running family meal in world history is the Passover meal. Mm-hmm. What does it celebrate? You were once slaves, and now you're free. Mm-hmm. Three to five million Jews cry out to God for freedom as they're enslaved by Pharaoh, building pyramids. Mm-hmm. God sends an 80-year-old man by the name of Moses. and and The guy with the stuttering problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah. didn't have it before until he spent 40 years in the backside of the Midian Desert. That'll do it. He was raised in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, mm-hmm. handsome in word and deed, second in all command of Egypt. And then he's relegated to the backside of the Midian Desert for 40 years. And at 80, his skin is leathered. He approaches Pharaoh. He's He goes to him, based on what God said, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He says to the tyrant, let my people go. Pharaoh, like every tyrant, says, who is God that I should obey him? Just like Governor Newsom. Mm-hmm. You, Just you like can't Ainsley sing, you here can't in worship. Washington yeah. State, same thing. Yeah. Who is God that I should obey him? Mm-hmm. And this is what's fascinating. The people, the three to five million people who wanted freedom and cried out to God, and God sends Moses. Moses confronts. Pharaoh then doubles the brick output and reduces the materials. Mm-hmm. So what's the response of the three to five million Jews? They want to kill Moses. Mm-hmm. People want freedom. They just don't want to have to suffer or pay for it. Yeah. Everyone wants freedom. They just don't want to, to do what's necessary to obtain it and maintain it. Mm-hmm. But one man and God constitutes a majority. God constitutes a majority. But be on his side and things go well. Moses stays to the task. The ten plagues, last one is the Passover. The angel of death comes over the house. If it's covered in the blood of the lamb, the firstborn doesn't die in the home. All right. Pharaoh relents, lets the slaves go. They leave with the wealth of the Egyptians. He realizes he's losing a slave economy, sends his army after them. They get trapped between two mountain ranges and the Red Sea in front of them and, and Pharaoh's army, the Egyptian army behind them. And once again, they start to complain to Moses. Moses goes to God. They part the Red Sea. They cross through with complete light, utter darkness for the Egyptians. They get confused and drown, and he wipes out the entirety of the most powerful army on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Almost finished. When they get into the wilderness, the desert, God provides food every morning and manna. The word means what is it? <laughs> Fascinating food. You collect too much on one day, it rots. You collect yeah. the same amount on another day, it survives. Just it, it knows the day of the week, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, their, their shoes don't wear out. Their clothes don't wear out. Mm. Amazing. All these miracles. Water appears out of rocks. Mm. Quail blown off course. So they have meat coming out their nostrils. Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, and he gets a downloaded moral app, the Decalogue. When he comes down, all of, each, excuse me, all of Israel is in a, a debauchery party. Yeah. Aaron has created a golden calf. They've got a rave party going on. You know, neon. and <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so as he comes down, he does exactly what God says. He instructs the children on the moral law and places it in the center of the community. Now, here's the greatest miracle. Three to five million people lived together for 40 years without a police force or a standing army because they had the moral law. From moral law comes civil law. That's the church's responsibility. We've abdicated the law. We, we have relegated the law and caused the gospel to be truncated and myopic by saying the law is there to show you that you can't keep it. And you're saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Mm-hmm. No, the law is more than that. Mm-hmm. The law shows us how to govern our lives and every answer for civil government. And, and I get so nauseated by pastor saying, you know, politics is dirty. I don't do politics, bro. I just, I just preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Right. It's the encompassment of the entirety of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I preach the gospel, but, you, you know, you're, you're, somehow you're inferring that I don't because I, I believe in politics. Well, politics is dirty. I always tell them, well, so is the church. What's your point? Mm-hmm. Politics is the highest form of community. Aristotle said it combines morality with sociability. If God didn't want us to do politics, he would have never have invented marriage, mm. right? you got to figure out how to get along. <laughs> And and you say you don't do politics. You do politics in the church. What you're actually saying when you don't do politics is you don't want to know what the issues are, even though it says in Timothy, which is a pastoral epistle, pray for kings and those in authority that we would live quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence. Okay, pastors, name your five city council members, your five school board members by name, and the issues that your community is dealing with that would allow your citizens to live quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence. Because, you know, love your neighbors yourself, Right. So what are those issues? And if you can't answer that, that's why you say politics is dirty because you want to relegate that responsibility to somebody else because you just want people raising their hand and putting money in the basket. Yeah. That's not what God intended. Yeah. No. Even the word church is frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Matthew sixteen eighteen, Jesus says to Peter at Caesarea Philippi, after all the other disciples looking around at all these pagan deities that they've carved into the cliffs at this most resplendent site at the headwaters of the Jordan, and Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And the disciples said, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Jeremiah. He says, yeah, but who do you say that I am? Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And upon this rock, I will build mine. Everyone says church. That's not the word. He, he did not use a religious term. He didn't say synagogue or temple. He deliberately co-opted a secular term that had been in use for hundreds of years. Aristotle even defined it, and it was used in the Greek city-state. The word was ecclesia or ecclesia. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and Tyndale translated it correctly into the first English-speaking Bible as assembly. And for that one word, he was hung and his remains were burned. Mm-hmm. The word means public square, city hall, mm-hmm. assembly. It's where the citizens of the city-state of Greece would gather to talk about their military, their imports, their exports, the welfare of their city. Mm -hmm. Pray for the peace of the city. For in its peace, you'll have peace. You have a responsibility. You cannot relegate and say politics is dirty. And the worst one is they go, well, I'm tired of voting for the lesser of two evils. Give me a break. Come on. Unless Jesus is running for office, you're always always doing that. the lesser of two evils. You have to figure out those things that are going to help your citizens do well. And God's written them all out in the scriptures. Do your homework. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Mm. So the, the, the church abdicated that. And, and, and we don't... A long time ago. A long time ago, the you church know, abdicated you know how, that. You know how Breitbart said that, that politics is downstream from culture? Mm-hmm. Well, the church, culture should be downstream from the church. The church should drive culture. The culture should drive politics. 
but we have adapted to the culture mm -hmm. and we put our finger in the air to see where it's going so we can mm -hmm. relate. Mm -hmm. And we post a black tile. Are, yeah. are you kidding me? Could you be more stupid? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you think it means Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. What it means is a terrible socialist organization that does nothing for the black community yeah. is funded and backed and supported by Planned Parenthood, which has created a holocaust in the black community. Mm -hmm. That's Margaret Sanger. Margaret right? Sanger. Who really wanted the, the black and people she, to disappear. Yeah, she called it the Negro problem. Yes. And, and the largest abortion clinic in America, in Houston, there's only one larger, it's in China, Mm. It's right in the center of the black community, in the Hispanic community, mm -hmm. because they want to get rid of, quote unquote, the inferior races. Mm -hmm. Thirteen percent of America is black. You cut that in half, six and a half, six and a half percent male, female. Of the female six and a half percent, reduce it to childbearing yeah. years. Yeah. That represents four percent of America's population. Four percent of the population in America is responsible for almost 40 percent of the abortions. It is a holocaust on the black community. Yeah. Their birth rate is now down to 1.9. You get to 1.7. It's irreversible. You're going to have to go to the Smithsonian Institute to see a black American. They are annihilating the black community. And you post a black tile because you want to be culturally relevant. You, 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 that's, that's cowardice is what it is. Mm. Maybe ignorance mm. at best. Cowardice at worst. Mm. So, yeah, the church needs to be in the public square mm -hmm. contending for the freedom of man. Christ has come to set the captives free. You were once slaves. You're now free. Proclaim it. Live it. And, and set the cap. And Jesus said, I didn't come to make converts. He said, I came to make disciples, not just disciples, mm -hmm. disciples of all nations. Nations are boundaries, borders, constitutions, ideologies. Mm -hmm. And I do not want to go down in the ash heap of history with all of the failed utopias mm -hmm. that don't understand the nature of man, that he's sinful and must be held in check with three branches of government. We're not going to obtain nirvana or perfection. Those just end up in oligarchies mm -hmm. of the few, the elites ruling the many, and that's this World Economic Forum. Mm. It's a train wreck. It's a train wreck, and we've got so many issues that the church should be at the front of yeah. and not at the back of. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and you guys are going to hear from our sponsors. By the way, thank you so much for supporting the people that are supporting this show. It's helping us continue to do what we do, and we appreciate that. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit with Pastor Rob about what we can do as citizens to engage in the culture from a biblical point of view. We'll be right back. It's conference season, and as you guys know, one of my favorite events is Teach Them Diligently. I'm going to be speaking at the beautiful Kalahari Resort in Round Rock, Texas, coming up March 31st through April 2nd. You guys are not going to want to miss this event. The thing that sets Teach Them Diligently apart from all the other homeschool conferences is that they are solely focused on family discipleship. So not only are you going to get awesome information and classes about homeschooling, but you're also going to find out how you can teach and train your children to be followers of Jesus. You guys are not going to want to miss this. Again, I'm going to be in Round Rock, Texas, March 31st through April 2nd. It is coming right up. And then I'll be at Pigeon Forge on May 5th through the 7th. Go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events for more information. All right. So uh, I've got a question for you as it relates to what we just talked about. So there are a lot of people listening to you right now mm -hmm. and they're going, my church is woke. Yep. You know, my church is my church is talking about uh, CRT now openly. Our church has the mm -hmm. we had the black square for a month and a half. There was a church in Portland that their entire website went black. Yep. You know, and uh, what do we do? So there there are people saying, how do I find a church that will actually engage the culture from a biblical worldview 
And we talked about this a little bit last night at the Freedom Tour, right? This idea that our freedoms come from God. The founding fathers had it right. They were the ones who actually boldly said, doesn't come from government, it comes from God. The church would be the, the head, not the tail. And yeah. yet here we are. What do you say to people who, who think, you know what, that's me. I'm attending a church like that. Leave. Yeah. And then say, uh, listeners, listen, if you're in the area and these folks wanting to find a new church, can you email us at? And so if, if you want to find a new church in your area, tell us where you, you're you mm-hmm, located. Mm-hmm. And, folks, if you've got a church that isn't woke but is is standing for freedom, tell us where you are. Yeah. And we need to create this conduit and start building community of people that are no longer going to bow to tyranny. Yeah, it's true. And you, I, you, you is that. there a website like that yet? There We're needs to be. A turning point. I love that. There need well as soon as that happens, let me know and I'll shoot it out there. But in the meantime, you guys know how to do that, right? You reach me at at, uh, at mailbox Monday. Heck yeah, we're on. We're gone. Oh my bad. We came back. That was good though. Can okay. we not keep saying that? Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm in. I, I just didn't know. Yeah, I said we're back. Oh well. Are we on? I'm back. Yeah. And we're back. I'm sorry that I interrupted you, but I'm back now. <laughs> Get to the chopper. <laughs> What's going on? So if. If people are looking and they're and they're saying, "Do I go to my pastor first? So you've been a pastor for a long time. My husband was a pastor for twenty five years, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a good way to leave a church and a bad way to leave a church. Yeah, amen. Right? Uh, walk somebody through that. Yeah, you endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Mm-hmm. And people aren't the enemy; they're the opportunity. Yeah. You know, go to your pastor and appeal to them, and just say, "Look." Um, you know, this black tile thing that we're pointing out and, and the fact with mass and, and we remain closed and we're doing social distancing, the data isn't holding up. Right. And, and, and this idea of pushing for vaccinations, there's been, you know, if you want to just be very conservative, there's been 10,000 deaths reported on VAERS. And, yeah. and we shut down the swine flu for less than 200. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, we're watching, you know, kids 18 and under dying of pericarditis, myocarditis. This 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 is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're dividing our country with medical apartheid, yeah. with essential and non-essential. That's not the way the Lord works. Mm-hmm. And you're posting a black tile, and, and you, just, you just do your homework and point out what we did today mm-hmm. with Margaret Sanger and all those things. Mm-hmm. And say, we, we really, we cannot be submissive to tyranny any longer. Mm-hmm. And if they look at you and they go, you know, uh, you're just, you're kind of a Trumpy and... That, that's what I laugh at. That, right. That's never been the issue. We baptized more people in a year yep. than the attendance of the church was a year ago. And these aren't churchgoers. These are folks who would never darken the doors of a mm-hmm. church. It has nothing to do with Trump. It has nothing to do with any of that. Mm-hmm. It's that their streams of liberty dried up and they went upstream because a church had the audacity to contend on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And they want to know what is this and about. And you did that. Yeah. So, in, so there are a lot of people listening to this right now. And you guys have heard me talk about this, you know, as a matter of – as a point of fact of news and talking about the churches and what's happening around the country. But I talked about your church quite a bit here because you did something that most pastors – very few you, you and Pastor Jack Hibbs, John MacArthur, he came a little late to the party, but he finally showed up. <laughs> uh, and you you did this at great risk to yourself, right? I mean, because you were threatened for opening the doors of your church and you took a stand. You were the mayor of Thousand Oaks, California. So another reason I love you is this, you, you're not just talking about uh, churches and pastors and believers getting into this to the uh, I can't to the take realm people, of politics. I can't, I can't take people where I'm not willing to go myself. Yeah. yeah. So you did the thing. Ran for office. Won. You ran for office and you won by 52 votes. You know. You know what you call a guy who wins by 52 votes? The winner. 
I won re-election by over 4,000, but the first time through, I won by 52 votes. So you're in, uh, you're sitting in as the mayor, and there's a, a tragedy that yeah. happens in your community, right? There's a shooting at a... At a the at shooting a... happened eight days before I became the mayor. I was the mayor pro tem. Okay. So um, on November 8th, uh, a gunman went into a country western dance hall called The Borderline, and it was college night, and he killed 13, including mm-hmm. Officer Helis, Ron Helis, a friend. Mm-hmm. Two of the kids were from my congregation. I... I officiated their memorial services. Mm. Um, I was with the parents when they were notified that their children, every single parent when they're, when they're notified their, their child was one of the victims. So mm. I, I then became mayor. We dedicated a park one year to the date of the anniversary of the shooting. Um, it was, it was cathartic. People were thinking, you know, pastor shouldn't be in politics. I'll tell you, um, even my enemies were my friends during that. Mm-hmm. They they appreciated it. Um, well, you love the community. I do. Yeah, I do. And and I w- I was going to win easily re-election. And then um, I finished my term as mayor, and now it's April third. We're coming into Palm Sunday, our Holy Week, and uh, a sacrament which is communion. And the governor says you can go to Costco, you can get an abortion, but you cannot take communion. We, we did do communion. We followed CDC standards because we didn't know the severity of the virus, although right. we did, but I played their game. Mm-hmm. We have a sanctuary that holds 400 seats. We had 10 chairs. Mm-hmm. It took us three and a half hours to do communion. The press descended on us like we were killing grandma and everybody yep, else. I remember. But to the press's credit, they said it was the cleanest place in all of California. <laughs> Probably true. And although they, they kind of haven't set the bar real high lately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but then... When we saw the governor participating in the French the riots, laundry too, well, he's eating with the you know they're not they're not following their own rules. Well, the the riots is what got me. Uh, the BLM march mm-hmm. where businesses were burned and looted, and seventy five percent of the businesses that were burned and looted in LA were Jewish owned and targeted. Mm-hmm. And the governor is marching shoulder to shoulder, no mask, no social distancing. Oh, yeah. And at that point, we just said we're, we're done. done. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we we we're knew done. the data. We mm-hmm. had the data. Mm-hmm. I, I, we started a live stream. We had no less than 20 doctors, two psychologists. We, we, we went all out to educate people because you couldn't – oh, and name any other time in the history of the world – let me correct that. Name any other time in the history of America mm-hmm. where we face such censorship. Mm-hmm. The truth is never afraid of a lie, mm-hmm. but a lie cannot survive in the presence of truth. That's why there's censorship. Mm-hmm. So if you break the narrative, they come after you mm-hmm. and they, they browbeat you. They marginalize you. They censor you. Still happening. I yeah. was. I saw Charlie Kirk got uh, removed from Twitter, Twitter this yeah. morning. Yeah, because because he had the audacity to say that this dude in the Biden administration, the Rachel General. Levine, yeah. is a man. Yeah, which he is. He is. He's a man. Yeah. Yeah. Biological. Used male. to be married, right? Biological male. Yeah. Nothing changes that. You're a biological male just because. And and we're watching an NC two A Division yes. one swimmer. Yes. Leah a Thomas. male, a male, yes. win the women's yeah, championship. Right. Where are the feminists, Rob? Uh, seriously. And, you know, I was a swimmer. This guy was ranked 460th in men's swimming, ends up winning yeah. the women's championship, and he did the 500-yard freestyle. That was my event. I could have been an NC2A division champion well, as a woman. I'm, I'm so oh, stupid. What was are, I thinking? What were you thinking? Yeah, yeah it's oh, dumber than a box of rocks. Come on. Come but, on. Th- but then you get mocked and laughed at. Because evil is good and good is evil. 
And where's the church? Yeah. I mean, seriously, why aren't you just up in arms? Mm-hmm. And, and I, don't, I don't say that to mock you. I, I want to spur you into jealousy, provoke you to jealousy, because people are looking for you to make a stand on behalf of truth. Mm-hmm. There's two genders. Read Genesis. But you want to acclimate to culture instead of drive it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's the problem. That is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So where do we go from here? So we've we we recognize now that we've got a huge problem, right? The church has said uh, politics is dirty. Which, by the way, we've been talking. Politics is an inanimate object, like money. What makes money dirty? The people make it dirty. What yeah. makes politics dirty? It's the people. When the people of God decided, hey, this isn't our sphere of influence. Evil will always fill the vacuum. And that's not to say that there aren't Christians or professing Christians who get into the political realm and then turn just as ugly as the swamp they yeah. said they came to fix, yeah. right? But we should have never gotten out of this fear in the first place. And people like you have really been leading the way and saying, you, we can actually straddle this and we can do it successfully, which is very, very unusual right yeah. now. There are a lot of people listening to this. I know because I get letters every single week from, from, uh, from listeners who are saying, well, where do we go from here? What do I do now? Uh, what do you tell them? Okay. Well, first of all, people get discouraged. And mm-hmm. discouraged just simply means the absence of courage. Mm-hmm. And in the absence of courage, truth is an orphan. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I'd say is strengthen yourself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Get some courage. Mm-hmm. There's no weapon fashioned against you that will stand. Not one. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And as I said earlier, you and God constitutes a majority. Mm-hmm. So liberty is doing what's right. Freedom is having choices. The Apostle Paul said, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty for which Christ has set you free. He wrote that in prison. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get freedom until you exercise liberty. Stand upon truth, no matter what it costs you. Mm -hmm. And once you write on a list, and Michelle and I did this when we were going before the judge on contempt charges, actually before we violated the restraining order that they placed on us, naming me and a thousand congregants or visitors, trying to shut the doors of church, we violated it. In America. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Seriously. Yeah. And, And my attorney told me everything we could lose. And it was a legal pad that I wrote down. And it was a lot of stuff. You'll lose your house. You'll lose your church. You'll get audited. You'll get, you know, they just went down the whole list. They'll ruin your life. Yeah, they'll take away your children's scholarships, blah, blah, blah. Michelle and I looked at that, and we just said, there's nothing on that list more valuable to us than the liberty for our kids and our grandkids. Mm-hmm. And and the my kids loved it because, you know, things are caught, not taught. They, mm-hmm. They're observing, and they love to see their parents stand for something mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And then... The elders were all in, all 15 of them. And I told them, look, you got two options. I'm going to violate this tomorrow. And if you're not in unanimity, I've already printed out my resignation letter. Mm -hmm. And I'd been with them for 20 years, and I love these guys. They were all in. The landlord was in too. And so we stood. The funny thing that happened, you know, Heidi, when you're scared, and everybody gets scared. Everyone does. And, you and, were scared. Oh, yeah. You had to have been scared. Oh, absolutely. You, yeah. you, you go through those moments. Yeah. Everyone d- deals with fear. Yeah. But at that moment when you when you assessed and saw everything you could lose and you thought, nothing's more valuable than doing what's right. Yeah. My life is in his hands. I'll go wherever he wants me to go, do whatever he wants me to do. It, a word that cannot follow the second word is no, Lord. It's just yes, Lord. Those are the only two words that go together. Mm-hmm. And once... Once I came to that conclusion, mm-hmm. all the fear went away because mm-hmm. I'd already given it away, mm-hmm. so they can't take it now. Mm-hmm. And what are they going to threaten me with now? Heaven? Mm-hmm. So when the fear is gone, mm-hmm. you're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. 
And that really angers the enemy because that's his main weapon. Yeah. Yeah. So where do we go now? First of all, quit being afraid. What is it that you're holding on to? Because Mm -hmm. if the why and what you're doing is a fear of man, that's a snare. Mm -hmm. The second thing you do is find a church that stands upon truth. If they're compromised, they got a black tile, they're doing, you know, vaccine clinics in their parking lot. For God's sake. Run for your life. Yeah, move on. Yeah, yeah. Quit, Quit sending, you know, large portions of money mm-hmm. to your alma maters. Mm-hmm. These schools yeah. are no longer they they're, they're no longer worthy of your money. Mm-hmm. They they are indoctrinating not educating. There's maybe 3 or 4 universities that that still are decent Hillsdale, you know, mm-hmm. a handful of them. Mm-hmm. So don't send your money there. Find a church that stands upon truth and contends in the public square yeah. and start supporting candidates because this is a government of consent, that you govern by the consent of the people. Mm -hmm. And consent means you are contributing to a campaign. Mm -hmm. Money is a representation of your contribution to society. Mm -hmm. And with that, that is your free speech. That's your ability to get that candidate's name in front of people. Mm -hmm. You don't ask for money because it goes into your coffers and and you know fills your bank account. Right. This buys yard signs and 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 gets ads on television. This this is critical to get name identification so that people can hear what you're about and what you seek to do as you're seeking their consent. You've got to get into every door which is physically impossible with you alone mm-hmm. considering the size of your district. But when people contribute, that is their freedom of speech. And you only get good government with good people. So start dealing with your school boards. Run for school board. Run for city council. Everything is local. Get on the library board, for goodness sake. You want to get the drag queens out of your libraries? Water district. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it matters. Yeah, we didn't think parks and recreation was a very big deal. It's huge. Until you realize that they're bringing uh, strippers into the parks, you know, these these drag queen strippers, and they're performing these lewd acts in front of little children. And all of a sudden, we're like, I guess it does matter who runs for parks and recreation. It it all matters. Every position matters. Mm -hmm. Good government only happens with good people. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and if you're not vigilant, then you lose liberty for generations mm-hmm. to come. And government will take it. They don't want to give it back. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll use a crisis to consolidate more power to themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly where we are. So I just say, folks, I, I, look, if you're not doing something right now, why? This is, this is the most critical moment in American history. The republic is on life support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... And I don't know what you would consider more valuable than the future of a nation that has given you 245 years of unprecedented freedom that your parents, grandparents, great-grandparents fought and, and secured. And, and you're going to fold like a cheap suit. Just, just do me a favor. You're going to do that. Look at your kids and your grandkids and say, you know, I'm grateful it was given to me, but you're not worth it. You're just not worth it. Mm-hmm. And why are you going to that church? Because you bought a pew or you bought a building or your parents' plaque. Walk on. I mean, things don't last forever on this earth. It's Mm -hmm. passing. Mm -hmm. Find a church that contends and stands for truth. Mm -hmm. And then fight. And then fight. I mean, now is the time. Yeah. Now is the time. It's not tomorrow in, in, in some respects as I look and see because it's changing every single day here. 
And we know that 2022 is going to be a bloodbath for the Democrats. They know it, too. Here in Olympia, they passed 12 of the worst anti-police uh, laws oh on the history. Yeah. California's in trouble because yeah. these guys know that in 2022, they're going to they're very likely going to lose at least a little bit of their oh, power. They're way out over their skis. Let me yeah. can I do I have time to read the eight things? Yeah, do it. Do OK, it. this is the World Economic Forum. This is to be implemented by 2030 with Klaus Schwab, Soros. You don't have to believe me. You can write me off. You can dismiss me. Seriously, I'm at a point where I don't care. Just do your homework because you're going to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. He who knows the good to do and does not do it to him, it is sin. Mm. Number one, you'll own nothing. They don't want anyone to have private property because they're going to own it all. Mm -hmm. And they also want you to be happy about it. They say that you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And you'll be happy because you'll be on antidepressants. They're just going to pump you full of drugs. Uh, The U.S. won't be the world's leading superpower. And we can cover that, the reason why we're still buying oil from the Ukraine, although they say Mm -hmm. they aren't. Mm -hmm. Anytime it's over $100 a barrel. Putin is flush with cash. Uh, um, yeah. it, there's there's just all these things are playing into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you won't die waiting for an organ donor. Isn't that great? Because we get to learn how to harvest them in California and we're going to develop them with a somewhat like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's creepy. Mm-hmm. It, it, it gives Nazi Germany a pass because yes, what we're doing is so weird. Uh, you'll eat much less meat. Mm-hmm. Now, look, uh, for my vegan friends out there, I, I'm not here to contend with you. But one question I do have for you is why do you always want foods that look and taste like meat? Yeah, <laughs> it'll it'll be an occasional treat, not a staple. And the reason why is they say because the cows, you know, the methane flatulate. gas, they, yeah. they flat, flatulate, and uh, yeah, yeah, climate change, yeah, yeah, whatever, which is a lie. Yeah, well, a, well, the, the climate changes, right? But the but the but that man, but, but that we're man, all going to yeah. die, and this is going to happen because of climate change. And what yeah. what did Greta say, or what's her name, the, that crazy angry teenager? Greta Thunberg. Yeah, wow, yeah. that was a big mistake. Listen to that chick. You know what though. Greta Thunberg has more hope for our kids if she can stop cows from flatulating than most of our churches because their eschatology and, and Calvary Chapel's pre-trip, pre-millennial. Yeah. But we look at the geopolitical horizon and say, oh, the next thing on God's day plan is the rapture. So we give up in contending yes. and we build nothing lasting. Yeah. Our kids have more hope listening to her because at least if they do this, then, that's we'll, be okay. then we'll be OK. Yeah, yeah. We don't give them anything. But, oh, you, you don't get to marry. You don't get to have a future. You're going to get raptured. Yeah. And look, I, I, I want that to happen today. Mm-hmm. I want it to happen yesterday. Mm-hmm. The, the saints back, you know, when Genghis Khan was coming through, they thought he was the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Every generation's expected it. But don't use your eschatology as justification for your apathy and inactivity. Mm, so it doesn't work. No. So um, eat much so less meat. Oh, here's one. A billion people will be displaced by climate change. You know what's a really good climate change is nuclear waste from a fallout. And, and we're already seeing two million. Our missionaries in Moldova and our missionaries in Cyprus that we've moved to Moldova are processing over two million Ukrainian refugees. And they, they want these, pe- these people displaced and they're creating these events to do that. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, polluters will have to pay to emit carbon dioxide. They don't want fossil fuels because it's mm-hmm. cheap. When you have cheap fuel, the impoverished rise That's from their right. level. Right. We want to take they away They want you subservient. Now. Yeah, we, we need yeah. to use electric cars. How do you charge an electric car? Well, by the Without outlet. fossil fuels. How, yeah. do get, how do you get that? Yeah. Well, fossil fuels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have, these, you have these windmills in Texas that are frozen and fossil fuel driven helicopters right. are spraying fossil fuel chemicals <laughs> to loosen. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, com- it's om- If it wasn't so devastating, it would just be laughable. This, this next one, you'll be prepared to go to Mars because they're going to destroy this place. That's great. But the last one is the one that bugs me the most. Western values will have been tested to the breaking point. Checks and balances that underpin our democracies uh, must not be forgotten. The idea is Western values will be tested to their breaking point. 
Western values is doublespeak for Christian values. Vodi Bauckham, who wrote Fault Lines, Fault Lines, dealing with critical race. One of the racing. best books yeah. ever on, uh, on critical race theory. He spoke at our church, what, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a he was the uh, president of the Zambian Bible College. And here mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a black American. He's speaking to black Africans, these Zambian Bible College students. And he, he puts out a map of the concentration of wealth around the world. And he says to the students, what do you surmise from the map? And they look at it and they see the concentration of Western Europe. Also in the United States, they say, well, the white man is superior. He says, okay, I guess you could surmise that. And he overlays it with a map of the Protestant Reformation. He says, now what do you surmise? Mm. They say that the white man's not superior. His ideology is. Mm. Critical race theory wants to do away with scientific method, Mm. enlightenment thinkers. Mm -hmm. They call it a white man's construct, Mm -hmm. and they want to do away with absolute truth. Mm -hmm. This is just for oppressed minorities whose ideas cannot stand being tested combining together for political power to rewrite the rules and call evil good and good evil. Mm -hmm. And they want to go after and pit us against one another over historical wounds. Which are real. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but they want to devalue based on an immutable trait the content of melanin or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. That's not the way God works. No, it isn't. But we know... Because we've studied scripture, mm-hmm. right, that whenever we apply God's word and God's ways, that there is hope. And I think that's this sort of malaise that we were talking about last night that's kind of uh, settled over the church first. Because if the church hadn't fallen victim to this a long time ago, we'd be a lot brighter light in the culture than we are right now. Amen. But there is hope. You and I wouldn't be here. Yeah. You wouldn't have come all the way up on your dime from California to Washington to help me infuse some hope into the people here in southwest Washington if you didn't believe that there was hope, and I believe that there's hope, but it's going to take every single one of us. Yeah, every, it's going to take every one of us. Everyone stands. Mm-hmm. And everything, the best thing is local. You light a thousand fires across mm-hmm. the country, the secular progressive left can't put it out. Mm, absolutely true. And it does wonders for your community. Thank you for all you do. Folks, she can't do it, but I'm going to do it. Support her, please. Mm-hmm. I, I beg you, support this candidate. She is amazing with a capital A. You know, it just capitalized all the letters. Amazing. (laughs) Uh, Rob McCoy, you are a national treasure. I don't know about that. No, you are. So he won't say it, but I will. But you're a national treasure. If you've got time to come back on Monday and talk to me briefly about the war in Ukraine and some of the misinformation that's out there and maybe sort of help set that that right a little bit, uh, that'd be fantastic. In the meantime, how can people find you online? And what are the you're involved in Turning Point, which is amazing. Turning Point Faith, and they're doing amazing things around the country. Uh, certainly. And uh, how do people find out more about that? Uh, you can go to, well, Turning Point Faith, just go to uh, tpusa.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, or t- no, excuse me, tpfaith.org. tpfaith.org. And yeah. then you've got uh, Godspeak Calvary Chapel. Yeah, godspeak.com. Yeah. If you want to find messages, it'll cure insomnia and just go there. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Heidi. Bless you. For more information about Pastor Rob McCoy and their ministry, please go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down to the show notes, and I will link back to all things Rob McCoy in the show notes today. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I'll see you here next week at the intersection of faith and culture.